This is a special presentation of Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. It's the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kinney. Welcome in, everyone, to the final High School Coaches Show of 2019. I'm Justin Kenny here with D.C. Hedricks, talking area high school basketball till 7 o'clock. D.C., how are you doing this evening? Good to see you. No, pretty good. No, pretty good. Yeah, you're uh, we're almost reaching the finish line of, uh, of a well-needed vacation. I'm almost there. I got to work every day through Sunday. Okay. So once I'm done Sunday, Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Done shopping? Yes. Really? I've been wow. done shopping for like two weeks. Look at you. Yeah. We'll get her done. Nice. I wish I could take credit, but that is 100% the girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. It's, the only thing I do is uh, my wife puts stuff in the Amazon cart, and it's my responsibility to check out. I guess that she can do 99% of the You got to swipe the card. Basically, yeah. 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 So, which is fine. <laughs> the, 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 the big decisions should not be in my That's right. court. That's for sure. So... <laughs> Our girls do it right, man. They, they know right. we cannot be trusted. That is absolutely basically. right. Just, so, I'll, I'll pay for it. You put it in the cart. Absolutely. Simple. So, yeah, but Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff for for everybody to listen. And we will not be here next Thursday. We will be in the midst of day one of the SAC Holiday Tournament next Thursday that kicks off bright and early Thursday morning, 9 a.m. at Wayne High School. Six games on Thursday, six games on Friday, and a three-day tournament. Uh, of course, all the games can be here, heard right here, ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. So we got a lot to talk about over the next uh, hour or so as we look back, we look ahead to the holiday season and see uh, what kind of matchups we got coming up. But uh, we got Mike McBride, Norwell Knights, will join us uh, at about 6.15. We'll talk some Knights basketball, one of the few remaining undefeated teams in the area are the Norwell Knights. And then another one, the Carroll Chargers, and Coach Marty Beasley will join us at the bottom of the hour. And those two teams coincidentally play each other this weekend as well so we'll talk about that uh but we're going to kick it off as we do each and every week with our friend dan vance from outside the huddle.net joins us right now dan what's happening oh not much man just uh trying to wrap some presents nice uh are you finished shopping uh, we're finished shopping. Not not much uh, wrapping has happened at the uh, Vance house yet, so well, still a little behind. So the the wife isn't wrapping all the presents. She's making you do it. Oh uh, well, we're at this point we kind of got to tag team it because we both slacked. So uh, we gotta we gotta get it done here together. Ah, uh, nice T- teamwork. Gotta love it, uh, Dan. I'm sure you are not sitting around uh, wrapping presents this weekend. It's another big weekend of basketball here before we get to the holiday season. But uh, let's look back uh, on the on the week that was and kind of things that uh, that stuck in your mind since the last we spoke last Thursday. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's been kind of a crazy uh, week since the last time we talked, and you know you would. Hope that with the kickoff of SAC boys and the kickoff of the boy-girl level headers, we got a little more clarity. Uh, we certainly didn't do that on the boys' side. Things got a little more uh, wild. Uh, obviously, the the Wayne upset of Snyder, the semi-upset for Lures over Northrop, uh, kind of set things off a little crazy in the SAC. So it's it, last week was really crazy with conferences that we thought we could get a little bit of clarity on, even on the girls' side, not really happening. Uh, and the NE8 on the girls' side, Columbia City upsets Norwell. Uh, East Noble gets a win over Belmont. That was a surprise. So now the Northeast 8 that we thought was going to be Belmont, 
at Norwell fighting for the title again is now a Columbia City East Noble-led conference. So it's uh, it's been a cra- crazy week. It's mixed a lot of things up. Yeah, I was looking at that NE8 uh, you know, standings, and we felt like uh, Eric Thornton and, and the Norwell Knights were in good position to really run away with that conference. And you mentioned in a 48-46 to loss at Columbia City last Friday. Uh, what to make of this conference? Do Columbia City and East Noble have the staying power, so to speak, to stay atop the conference uh, the entire throughout the conference slate? I don't know that East Noble does. You're, you know, you're sitting two games into the conference, so you know, still five conference games left. But East Noble's coming off a very, very good week. They knocked off Central Noble last week, forced overtime against Northrop uh, in a tough game, then beat Belmont, uh, came in earlier this week and beat Snyder, so they've won three of their last four. They're playing really good um, and kind of rising to the top, maybe still a year away. For Columbia City, they're finally healthy, and, and Carly maybe was out for a long time, uh, with an injury, and Becca Marshall was out injured. And that's the thing with this Columbia City team in the preseason. Each of the last two years, we thought maybe they could be there at the top of the conference, but they had to prove something. And injuries have prevented them from proving it this year, but that went over Norwell says a lot because that's a very good Norwell team. Looking at the uh, ACAC on the girls' side, Woodland South Adams both, both undefeated. Uh, what do we make of the landscape of this conference heading into Christmas? I think that Woodland is still the team to beat out there. Uh, I think that they just have too much firepower at the top. They lost earlier this week to Norwell, uh, so they don't have that much firepower to compete with the team of Norwell's uh, ability. But Addison Bayman just passed 1,000 points for her career. Uh, Gabby Joyce and Dakota Crone are two really strong scorers that can score inside and outside. So I think they're right there. South Adams has been another pleasant surprise, a team that graduated their best player a year ago, uh, and Emily Myers, and we thought they'd be down this year. But Peyton Preeze has really stepped up for them. Lydia Loesch has played well. So they're another team kind of like a uh, an East Noble or even a Columbia City where we didn't necessarily expect them to be in contention early. And, and that conference is really interesting because you play so few conference games, just six conference games, and then you throw that conference tournament in the middle of it. Uh, the ACAC could get interesting here in the last couple of weeks. Dan, before we uh, switch to the boys, wanted to ask you about the girls. SAC Holiday Tournament comes up next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, same as the boys. Uh, anybody have anything for Homestead in this three-day tournament? You know, we talk about this every week, and it's kind of the same story every week. You think that some of these teams maybe, you know, you, you thought maybe with Concordia, maybe with Carroll, maybe even with Dwinger with how well they started. And Homestead just rolls over them. We go into this Friday again, and you say, the way Lures played at the beginning of the season, maybe Lures is the team for Homestead. The Lures has been struggling as of late. Homestead just keeps getting stronger, and those young freshmen and sophomores who are in the lineup are just getting more and more experience. It may be too late for anybody in the SAC to be able to beat Homestead at this point. Ouch. He's Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. Dan, we look at the uh, boys' side of things, and let's look at least the regular season for this for this SAC. You mentioned the upsets we saw on the first night of uh, conference play. Um, we see uh, you know Snyder go down to Wayne. We see Northrop go down. But let's talk about that Snyder-Wayne game, because then Wayne comes back last night and uh, really gets it handed to him by by uh by uh or last night to uh to new they play new haven last night right Good, 70 yep. 71 it was, actually it was closer than i thought but it was a high scoring game a lot of up and down in that game um wayne byron pickens takes over from from uh, aaron rare his uh, first year kind of as as did very well i think as 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 uh 
as exciting and impressive as Friday's game was over Snyder, then being able to go on the road and knock off South Bend Washington one day later on the road was really it really showed the resiliency of this team to be able to put a big win behind them pretty quick. My question is, can Wayne take care of business at Carroll on Friday and keep this thing going, or did we see more of what Wayne's going to be last night against New Haven? You know, I think that that's uh, the biggest question going into Friday in the conference is what we're going to see out of Wayne. The big thing for them is, and it's what we saw against Snyder, and it's what we saw against South Bend Washington, which is a very good team that shoots the ball very well. They scrimmage Snyder. I saw him scrimmage Snyder in the preseason. Uh, South Bend Washington shoots the ball well, but Wayne has really got this blue-collar demeanor behind them. They've bought into Byron Pickens immediately, and you don't see that with brand-new first-year head coaches. Um, you'll see some buy-in some hesitancy, but for them to be bought in as well as they are to to Pickens and his staff immediately is why Wayne's successful. It's another big test. Uh, Carroll is, is playing strong basketball. They have found their go-to scorer earlier than we expected them to. Uh, it, it'll be a really interesting game on Friday night. Uh, Wayne's going to have to bring their A game. You Winning at Carroll is not an easy thing to do. Let's look on the other side of that Wayne Snyder game. Snyder loses 53-50. to They bounce back and get a win over East Noble on Tuesday night at home. They get Northside here coming up on Friday. Then they go to a, uh, a showcase at Grace College to play Andrean on Saturday. But what to make of Snyder? We felt when he came in this season, it was going to be Homestead and Snyder and maybe Carroll at the top of the, the conference. They still have Michael Ely. They still have uh, Dylan Duff. They have a great cast of secondary scores there. And they go on the road and lose to Wayne in the SAC opener so what do we make of the two and one snyder panthers right now i don't know what you make of them yet i think they're a team that's, that's eager to get back to work their bounce back earlier this week against east noble was good for them uh get back in there quickly coach jeremy roush told me after that game that the, the team has in a positive mindset and and was really ready to go after friday night after losing that game you know there, there's excuses that can be made michael ely didn't play against wayne but at the end of the day you have to make plays they have scores, and they have some really good scores, but the reality is that when you look at the varsity experience of some of those guys they bring off the bench, Carson Jenkins is a sophomore played very little varsity last year. Aiden Lambert is a sophomore did not play varsity. Elijah Wimby is a senior, sat out all last year injured. So that guy, those guys that are bringing off the bench don't really have the experience yet. And it kind of showed against Wayne. There were some times down at the end, sloppy plays, sloppy passes, bad shots. So I think they're a team that's still kind of trying to figure out their identity. I don't know that we saw uh, Snyder anywhere near their best, uh, even against East Noble. So they're going to be a team that's going to take some time. Uh, unfortunately for them, you got to figure it out pretty quick. Uh, Northside Friday night may not be tough. Saturday with Andrain is going to be an incredibly tough game up at Grace. And then you turn around and have to play the holiday tournament. And because of that weird seeding, they're going to end up getting Homestead possibly in the semifinal instead of a final, which is – how we thought it would end up. We thought Homestead and Snyder would be the one and two. Now they're the two and three, so they're going to have to play each other in a semifinal if they both get there. Hey, let's talk about that seeding. We talked about it last week. We thought maybe it would be, we definitely knew it would be unveiled this week, thought maybe it would be later in the week instead it was Monday. But uh, what do you take What do you take out of it? I know you and I were trading texts. Wayne, the number one seed, wow, look at that. Um, then they get uh, you know beat by New Haven, maybe knock them down a peg, but it's non-conference. But using the Sagan ratings to dictate who is rated where, what do you take out of the first year of this type of strategy? Well, I think it was definitely a fail on the boys' side. I think the girls' side's pretty well set. I would probably put Southside at two over Carroll at this point, uh, but that's you know 
little nitpicky stuff. On the boys' side, it's it has been said over and over again, and I've said it, and you've said it, and a lot of people have said it. There's such a small sample size this early in the season for boys' basketball. Uh, I don't have any issue with the Sagarin ratings. I think that you know if they ever went into seeding the postseason, that would be the logical way to go. Uh, but seeding something 20 games in and seeding something two games in is completely different. And so I think that we definitely had a big fail. And the questionable stuff comes in. The first Sagarin ratings are released early, early Saturday morning. Uh, the second Sagarin ratings come out early, early Sunday morning to include those Saturday games. And these seeds just flip so much. Coming out of that first one, out of Friday night, Carroll was the one, Wayne was the five. Then after Saturday's games, Carroll's automatically now the four, and Wayne's the one. And so there's a lot of questions uh, to be raised. And, and, again, no knocking Wayne. I really like what Byron Pickens is doing. They're not the best team in the SAC right now and shouldn't be seeded as such. Well, we talked to Rod Parker a couple weeks ago, head bas- girls basketball coach at Homestead, and he's the architect of this idea that was eventually adopted by the SAC. And it makes a lot of sense, as you said, on the girls' side, because the sample size is significantly larger. But uh, to your point, it doesn't make sense to use the Sagarin ratings for the boys that are barely two, three weeks into their basketball season by the time you make these decisions. Um, as misguided as voting uh, was early in the year when you really don't have a hierarchy of teams it makes even less sense, I think, on the boys' side to use the Sagarin rating. So, fantastic idea in theory for everybody, but more works better for the girls who have played a lot longer. Yeah, I think that you know, you if you're going to stick with the Sagarin rating, maybe you figure out a different way to do it. Maybe you go off of the end of the year Sagarin ratings from the year before, uh, which is basically what they did with the coach voting. It was a preseason coach vote, essentially. Um, or more realistically, the NACC and the ACAC use blind draws. Um, And no one really complains, mostly because they've always used blind draws. Now, if the SAC went to that, we'd hear some complaints because they haven't used that method. The same way we're hearing complaints about the Sagarin. Um, But the ACAC and the NECC use blind draws for their tournaments. So um, I don't know that that would be any worse of an idea uh, than using the Sagarins with such a small sample size. Yeah, fantastic point about the blind draws and the other conferences. Uh, Dan, we got a big one coming up on Saturday night. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Coach Mike McBride and Coach Marty Beasley about this matchup of undefeateds, at least how we sit right now. Both teams have games on Friday night, but uh, teams, one of the two few, two of the few remaining undefeateds in the area thus far. Yeah, we just have three left, the two of them and then uh, Prairie Heights. Yeah, baby, Prairie Heights. Right. Uh, and, and they have a good, a big one on Friday also with Busco. But when it comes to Norwell and, and Carroll, I think I, I wouldn't have guessed I, that they were two of the top teams. I mean, we knew they were going to be top ten teams, but for them to both be two of the last three unbeaten, it's because we've seen things happen in their programs that maybe we didn't expect to happen so quickly this year. Uh, for Carroll, like I mentioned, Jalen Jackson has been playing great basketball. Uh, they're finding balanced scoring. But for him to step into that role, and they needed somebody, and we didn't know who it was going to be in the preseason. Who's going to be the guy to lead off that hierarchy? The David Eja, the Dan McKeeman, uh, years ago, Arius Jones. Like, There's got to be a hierarchy to their scoring for Carroll to function uh, as well as they do in that system. And we've kind of seen that now, and, and Jalen Jackson has taken that role. And for Norwell, it was a matter of you know you had talented freshmen coming in, uh, Luke McBride among them that are going to score for you, and you know that Will Geiger is really good, and he's going to give you 25 and 12 every night, but there had to be someone to bridge that gap. And so we've seen Drew Fetterspiel and Connor Torson and Eli Riley, three guys who played very well last year, 
but weren't necessarily eager to shoot the ball. They've kind of come into their own offensively, and so now we have a really set hierarchy at Norwell that last year was Will Geiger, and then a significant drop-off, and then everybody else. And now you have a really good hierarchy of scoring for them, uh, guys with really strong defensive pressure that are really underrated with how well they play defense. And so we've seen these teams come around quicker to start this year than we probably expected. Dan Vance of Outside, the Huddle.net, joining us here on the ESPN High School Coaches Show. Dan, we lost a, an icon of Indiana high school basketball uh, last weekend, and uh, somebody that you're, you've you been pretty close to over the years. You've talked to several times, interviewed him as well, and that was the legendary Bai Hay from Northside, of course, uh, uh, the, the namesake for, for Bai Hay Arena that's now on the uh, Northside campus, and, and just a uh, Indiana Hall of Famer in terms of Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, a great person, a great coach and uh, i know that he, he was one of the kindest people that 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 was out there and that uh, any of us had ever met so the loss of by hay and what that means for the local basketball scene yeah it's it's one of those things where that that era of basketball uh isn't necessarily gone but definitely uh burns out a little bit when you lose a guy like coach hay uh, i was fortunate enough to be around him in different capacities uh, and interview him at different levels of my career um, in high school for the yearbook, the first time I interviewed him up until two years ago, a um, couple years ago when I interviewed him when Northside returned to the state title game. and He was just a, a great guy. He had tons of stories. He would talk your ear off for hours. Uh, the first time I interviewed him in high school, I interviewed him for two hours. I asked him three questions during that time, and he told me everything that I could ever want to know about the 31 years he was coaching Northside basketball. Uh, so it, a significant loss for this area. Uh, and for that generation, you know, every generation has their big moments, and their big stories. Uh, and when you lose guys like Coach Hay, you, you kind of lose a little bit of that era. So it's obviously very sad. But, yeah, just a, a terrific guy who loved his family and loved Fort Wayne and loved Northside basketball and loved Concordia basketball where he played and, and later coached for three years before he was at Northside. Um, you know, a guy that played for Branch McCracken at IU. I mean, stories for days if you were lucky enough to talk to Coach A. Dan, before we let you go, what's new at OutsideTheHuddle.net this week? Well, we've been releasing our football all-area team all week. That finished up today uh, with our big school defense. So we break those down into big school and small school offense and defense. Tomorrow we'll name our prep football player of the year, so you can see that tomorrow at Outside the Huddle. Previewing today, our game of the weekend, which I mentioned earlier, Cherub Busco at Prairie Heights tomorrow night for uh, sole first place in the NECC and a very crowded NECC. Uh, so you can check that out and then obviously coverage of that game tomorrow night and coverage of games throughout the weekend. Dan, always a pleasure. Make sure you get all those presents wrapped, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you out at the SSC Holiday Tournament next week. Absolutely. I think D.C. is going to come over and wrap my presents for me. He's Ooh, on vacation. There you go. He's not even <laughs> listening, so we can just dog him all we want. So, yeah, he's not going to be on vacation. He has plenty of time to come over and wrap your presents, right, D.C.? He, he, he can come over after the Sideline Sports Show Sunday morning. Yeah. Tell Dan I'll be over. All right, there you go. <laughs> I'll be over to help. All right, Dan, appreciate it, boss. Thanks, guys. As Dan Vance of uh, Outside the Huddle.net, who uh, will graciously invite a D.C. Hendricks over to rap. I'm a horrible rapper, uh, D.C. I mean, I mean in, in rapping, presence, and also rapping. I was going to say, which one? I, mean, I could see both. I did go to North, so I probably have a little bit more skills than the normal white guy, but it's still probably <laughs> absolutely terrible. 
Uh, I probably may think it's a little bit better than it is. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks to you, uh, Dan Vance, for joining us from outside the huddle.net. Um, we got plenty more to come. We're going to take a break. Coach Mike McBride of the Norwell Knights will join us. Uh, Marty Beasley, Carol Chargers as well. This is a Thursday edition of the ESPN High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Looking for extra local coverage? Download our exclusive podcast specifically for the Fort Wayne sports fan. Go to ESPNFortWayne.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Blue Gold Report. Breaking down Notre Dame sports. The best from the sports rush. And talking sports with Jim Shovelin and more. Find it all at ESPNFortWayne.com. In the aftermath of tragic attacks such as the one at Santa Fe High School in Texas, there is often an increase in hoax threats to schools and other public places. Whether false threats are made on social media, verbally or otherwise, criminals could be locked behind prison doors for up to five years. FBI Deputy Director David Bowditch. The Bureau and its law enforcement partners take each threat seriously. We investigate and fully analyze each threat to determine its credibility. In addition to time behind bars and a fine, other consequences of this crime include emotional distress to students, school personnel, and parents. False threats also drain taxpayer money and divert valuable law enforcement resources away from other critical responsibilities. Making false threats is not a joke. Think before you post. Report threats and suspicious behavior to law enforcement and in emergencies, dial 911. With FBI This Week, I'm Molly Halpern of the Bureau. My teenage son only has one brain, and it'll keep developing through his mid-20s. But if he uses e-cigarettes, the nicotine in them can impact attention, learning, and memory, and can prime the brain for addiction. So I've talked to him about staying away from e-cigarettes, because my son only has one brain. Learn more at cdc.gov slash e-cigarettes today. A message from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and this station. Go to bva.org to find out how you can directly make a difference in the lives of the brave men and women who have given their eyesight in defense of our freedom. They fought for your independence. And by going to bva.org, you can find out how to help these veterans regain theirs. Go to bva.org today. ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM is now on your Amazon Echo. Enable our skill today. Just ask Alexa to enable ESPN Fort Wayne skill. Once it's enabled, you can ask Alexa to Open ESPN Fort Wayne, and it'll open up our live stream on Fort Wayne Sports Station. Now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kinney on Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christmas edition of the ESPN High School Coaches Show, our final show before the holidays. This time next week, we'll be in the midst of day one of the SAC Holiday Tournament that you can hear all three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week, right here on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM, while a vacationing D.C. Hendricks will not show his face anywhere near this place, I imagine, for a good, uh, hopefully, week and a half, two weeks, D.C., two weeks. A uh, week and a half. Week and a half. Nice. Hopefully it uh, it drags for you. Hopefully it goes very very slow. Pretty much like this week has, man. This week has dragged. I don't know about everybody else, but uh, finally to Friday. Start next week, and I know a lot of people are looking forward to Fridays, particularly uh, 
basketball coaches, basketball players, basketball fans, because we have a lot of basketball coming up uh, this uh, this weekend as we head into the Christmas holiday. A team that has two big ones coming up in the next couple days. They get to Cal tomorrow. They got Carroll on Saturday, both of them at home. It's the Norwell Knights. They're off to a 4-0 start on the season. Head coach is Mike McBride. He joins us right now. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself tonight, sir? Hey, we're living the dream, my friend. Uh, we've been asking everybody, did you, get, you have your Christmas shopping done, or is that uh, Lisa's territory? Well, Lisa, I think, has taken care of most of that. Um, so I don't know. There might be something I might have to run out to get on, on Monday the 23rd, but we'll... I'll wait until she tells me where we're at on that, but I think she she pretty much takes care of most of that. Thank goodness. I don't know. It, uh, it, it gets a little busy for me during this time of the year. So. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think we're all in the same boat. As long as our, our wives take more of the responsibility this time of year, everybody's everybody's better off. Yeah, I, I think so. I think my I think our kids will enjoy that a lot better if I were instead of me being the one doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot to, on your plate, and and thus far so good through the first uh, you know couple weeks of the season. You guys sit four and zero. Latest win was a sixty eight twenty four victory over Eastbrook last Saturday. What do you uh, make of this quick start for you guys? Well, we you know we have pretty experienced group back with the three seniors. Um, Geiger, uh, Torson, and Fetterspill, and then uh, Eli Riley p- played played a lot for us last year. It was sophomore, started quite a few games. So when you take those four guys right there, I mean, you just you basically have four returning starters. I mean, Geiger, a four-year starter now uh, for us, and then uh, Torson, a three-year starter. So you know, when you when you consider the amount of varsity experience that those four guys have. Um, you know, that, that bodes well for you as you open up the season. Um, and so, so they've been a big, big key for us, uh, as to where we're at right now, uh, early in the year. Um, and I think that's helped with, with kind of the quick start for us. And, and, and we're maybe playing a little bit better early in the year than what, you know, you might some years just because we've got the, got those experienced guys back. Mike McBride of the Norwell Knights joining us here in the ESPN High School Coaches Show. Coach, you mentioned Will Geiger, and it feels like he's been around for about nine years or so, but uh, finally his senior season. But uh, we've seen his game progress each and every year uh, through his high school career. What's he doing so well now that he's now uh, averaging, I think, over about 20 points a game for you? Yeah, he's at, I think he's currently at 21.8 and then, uh, uh, 13.2 rebounds. I think the biggest thing is, is, is just his decision making has continued to, to develop. Um, he's playing, um, he makes better decisions like when he needs to pitch the ball out, when he needs to throw it outside. Um, from the post, um, when he can attack, uh, when he needs to pull up for the jump shot, um, and just making those decisions. Um, I think defensively he's doing a better job moving his feet, um, and, and he's not putting himself in a situation where maybe he picks up some fouls that he's picked up in the past. Um, he's just been so efficient. He's shooting such a high percentage, I think 67% from the field. And then his free throws, his free throws, he struggled a little bit on the free throw line last year, but that's something he's worked really hard on in the offseason to get get back at where he was more as a freshman and sophomore and he's up around 74 percent now so i think i think those are the areas that as that i've seen him uh, a big improvement him from him early in this season um and then i think the other thing is i think he's got 
just more offensive weapons around him. And I think that is uh, allowing him to, you know, maybe he's taking less shots and being more efficient because of the other guys are able to, to do a lot more than what we've had in past years. Coach, one thing that you can say about, about your teams is that is they pl- definitely play hard. And you look at Will Geiger's effort. He's just a blue-collar type player, gets down and dirty. He'll battle around the rim, but he can also step out and hit a shot. Is that kind of play infectious with the team? Yeah, um, I, I really believe that 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 impacts everybody. Um, and I think what helps is, is, is we've got some young kids too, some freshman kids that really are tough kids that play hard as well. And, and so I think, you know, that even challenges our older kids a little bit as well on a daily basis. So, um, but, I, but, I, but there's no doubt our kids compete hard. And, and I think that is, that is something we've done. I don't even know outside of Geiger in the last few years is if we've had a, a ton of offensive talent, but we've been able to keep in games and we've been able to win enough games. And I think we're around 14 wins each year over the past three years. But I think the biggest thing is, is, is how hard we compete. And, and one thing we've always done a decent job of is we've guarded pretty decently and, and, and that's given us a chance. And, and I don't know if we're as good defensively right now as maybe we've some of our past teams, but this team is a, is a better offensive team than what we've had in past. And so um, that that's a big help because we have the ability to score pretty quickly, and we have the ability to score in multiple ways. We can we, we've just got a lot more offensive-minded players, and I think that's helping us. But yeah, I think Geiger's the way he plays, his motor. It is. It just it impacts everybody on the team, and and I think there's a lot of. I think we play we we we, we play with a lot of intensity and a lot of energy most nights. Coach, you mentioned the three seniors you have, and you also mentioned a fair amount of youngsters that you've had to put on the floor here early on. How are those young kids adjusting to varsity basketball, and have they kind of, let's say, lived up to expectations, but are they able to kind of handle the workload as you guys needed to uh, with that group that's very talented but thin on high school basketball experience? Yeah, you know, I mean, some nights I look out there and I'll be like, we'll be in the middle of the game, and it's like, okay, we've got three freshmen on the floor right now. And I'm almost thinking in my mind, what am I doing at times? <laughs> but picking them all in there. and and uh, But actually, they've done a pretty good job with, with where they're at this early in the season. Um, it's just such a big jump to to go from an eighth grade season eighth grade game to a varsity game and the thing is they're they're essentially skipping you know what i always think is an important level is that jv level for those young kids to to learn that jv level is an opportunity to to make some mistakes you know as a freshman and 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 play through those mistakes and learn and and we've got some freshmen that are playing there as well and but these kids have had to now all of a sudden step into playing at the varsity level. And, you know, the, at the varsity level, the, you know, mistakes are they're under the microscope a little bit more, I guess you could say, because that's that 7.30 game and, you know, everybody's watching. And, um, but they've done a pretty good job. Um, obviously, it helps with the older guys. There's no doubt. Um, 
but they've done a good job as far as as trying to play their roles. Um, you know, uh, the, and I, I think defensively they're holding their own. I think that's an area where we're going to get better, hopefully, as the season progresses, is our defense. Because I think those freshman kids are going to understand the importance of the defensive concepts that we're trying to get them to understand as the season progresses. But but, but certainly, you know, they've shot the ball for us well. Um, you know, my son has, has played pretty well, and the other two uh, – uh, 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 Layton Bailey, John Colbert have played as well, played well also. So it's been it's been a nice for us, and 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 we're getting some contributions from them. How's the dynamic work with with your son Luke? I mean, he's he's played very well, but everybody, every parent who coaches their son or daughter treats it a little bit different. So, uh, how do you guys approach it? Well, I think the biggest thing is I, I just tried. I really tried to seek out some advice from some people that have done it before me. Um, you know, there are a lot of coaches that have coached their own kids. I, I tried to reach out to them as, as this day was coming and, and talk to them and, and, and gain some of their some knowledge from their experience uh, of going through it. Um, and you know, um, and then Luke and I tried to spend some time before the season talking about some things, some things that you know will happen, some things that you know we have to be able to work work through and practice and, and, and those things. And, um, you know, um, so, and, and one of those things was, look, you have to be able to understand that, you know, if I'm getting on you, you have to be able to take that as if, if, as if it were another coach getting on you, just trying to get that, those dynamics. And, um, but, but so far, you know, things have been pretty good. He's been very receptive to the teaching, the instruction, um, you know, he's handled praise well. He's handled criticism well. Um, you know, and again, I think I, I go back to and I, I go back to our upperclassmen and how good they've been as far as including these freshmen. They're they're really a big key for this right now and and the, the progression of these young kids. Um, you know, um, but and again, I mean, let's let's be honest. It helps that Luke's making some shots and he's playing well, and 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 that always adds to it. And um, but you know, he's worked pretty hard to get there, and he's put a lot of time into it. So you know, so I'm, uh, it's good to see him perform well. Um, I, I feel like sometimes, though, as the dad, I don't get to enjoy maybe that like a regular parent. Sure, <laughs> because I'm I'm always <laughs> coaching and I'm watching film and I'm trying to get better and and see okay where can we improve and you know he's got to get better at this and but uh you know we, we definitely try not to talk we don't try not to talk too much about it at home um there might be a few things here or there i might say hey when you watch some film why don't you watch for these things and 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 see if he can start to pick up on that a little bit on his own but but you know he, he works hard he, he's a good kid and and uh uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. So I'm enjoying it so far, and I think we'll continue to enjoy it. Obviously, we're off to a good start. That obviously helps. But, but as you know, there's a lot of season left, and we got a lot of tough games coming up. Yeah, Coach, I don't want to say it's a pivotal weekend going into this weekend with it only being December, but it's kind of an important weekend right before the holiday, and you know, kids' minds are every which uh, which place. How do you get them to buckle down to uh, start the uh, Northeast Eight Conference slate with a win on Friday at home against DeKalb, and then you got a very good Carroll team coming into uh, into your house on Saturday? Yeah, you know, and I, I, I tell you what, you're right on when you when you make the comment about kids have things on their minds. 
I mean, you know, we've had finals, so we like we've been on final exams on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I know our seniors had like portfolio projects for internships that were due on Tuesday, and and so so our kids have had a lot on their plate here. And then, of course, me, you know, as the coach, I've got DeKalb on my mind, you know, and it's the first NEA game. And uh, one of the things we try to do this year, and I don't know, we'll see how it goes. Um, this is kind of the first year we've done it. We went ahead and tried to shorten our practices a little bit this week. Um, you know, normally we would go two hours. Um, you know, um, we've, we've tried to go by hour and 45 or an hour and a half. Even today, we went an hour and 15 minutes. Um, we tried to shorten everything this week, just trying to maybe keep their focus a little bit better in practice, um, you know, leading into the games, but yet then allowing them to be able to try to concentrate on finishing their finals. Um, I, I don't know if we've played what I would call particularly well during finals week the past four years. So <laughs> um, we made a little change, and we thought we're going to try this, and and see how that goes. I mean, obviously, you know, your your total focus is on that conference game. Right. You no, know, it's just, it's such a big deal. I mean, we have, it's just such a big deal with, if you can get to that 1-0 and start in conference. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're kind of, you, you, you take a little bit of a deep breath, you got that first win in conference, and, and then you've got over the holiday to try to improve some things before you start getting into the grind of the conference, which is in January. Um, and so we just spent a lot of focus on DeKalb and, and trying to be there. And then, you know, and then what I like about the Carroll game right afterwards, and Carroll's kind of in the same boat as us. They've got a really important conference game with Wayne. I mean, both those two teams, I think, are 1-0 and in SAC. Yep. And, and, and they got a big conference game Friday night that their focus and energy is on, just like ours is on DeKalb. And, and then what's great about that Carroll game is, okay, now all of a sudden we got to come back and we got to now play against a really good team, and we don't have the normal preparation time. We've got to try to figure out, okay, we've got an hour shoot-around or whatever where we can talk about them, but now it comes down to bas- kids making basketball plays and and kids making, you know, kids defending and, and 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 it comes down to the players being able to go out and play and perform on that second night. And I really like the back-to-back weekend, like when we can play the Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. because yep. I think that that puts your team, that puts our team in a situation where they have to deal with some adversity by just, number one, not having a normal prep week, not having normal scouting. And now they've got to play and perform and play with, they got to show some mental toughness. So I think it's a great way to do it. And if you're going to win a sectional at some point in time, you got to win on a Friday, turn around and win on a Saturday. So I think those opportunities are important to experience during the season. And we're certainly going to get a great test this week. I mean, with DeKal number one, and then, you know, obviously Carroll on the back end of that. All right, Coach. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us. Good luck heading into the weekend. Have a good Christmas and a happy new year, sir. We'll talk to you in 2020. Yeah, no problem. Merry Christmas to you guys. Thanks for all you guys do for high school sports, and uh, really appreciate it, and, and we wish you the best. Great. Thanks, Coach. Uh-huh, bye.
That was Coach McBride of the Norwell Knights joining us, talking some uh, basketball on a pivotal weekend, heading into the start of the Northeast 8 Conference slate on Friday. Undefeated Carroll team coming in to the uh, Castle on Saturday. We're going to take a break, come back. Coach Marty Beasley, Carroll Chargers will join us. You're listening to the ESPN High School Coaches Show, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Saturday, week 16 of the NFL begins a day early. Hey, this is Jason Horowitz. Be sure to join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots battle for the AFC East. And finally, it's the Niners hosting the Rams. If it's the NFL, it's on Westwood One. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The stigma of addiction is destroying lives across the country, preventing our loved ones from getting the help and treatment they desperately need. We are Shatterproof, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to ending the stigma and devastation that addiction causes families. We're changing laws, we're creating a community of support, and we're providing evidence-based resources for prevention, treatment, and recovery. We are working hard every single day to reduce the secrecy and remove the shame of addiction. Stigma shatters lives. Rise up against addiction so another life isn't lost to this disease. Join the Shatterproof movement. Get involved today and learn more at shatterproof.org slash rise up. That's shatterproof.org slash rise up. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end, but good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. Just maybe someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. This Girl Scout cookie season, we Girl Scouts would like to say thank you, America. Thank you, cookie cravers, thin mint enthusiasts, peanut butter patrons, shortbread devotees. Every time you take a bite of a Girl Scout cookie, it's good for us. Your coconut and caramel cravings are our chance to practice goal setting. Your midnight snacks help us learn to manage money. Your freezers aren't just full of tasty treats. They're packed with entrepreneurship. That's right, entrepreneurship. You probably can't taste the business ethics or the decision-making or the people skills, but they're in there in every single mouthful. Every time you eat what's in the box, we learn how to think outside of it. So raise a glass of milk and raise our chances to reach our potential. Eat up, America. We're counting on you. I'm Catalina. I'm Melody. I'm Katie. I'm Devin. I'm Hannah. I'm Abby. I'm Juliana. I'm Nicole. I'm Olivia. I'm Colette. I'm Stefania. And we approve this message. The Girl Scout Cookie Program. Think outside the box. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back. It's Thursday night. That means it's the ESPN High School Coaches Show right here on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. Here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school basketball. Thanks to Coach Mike McBride, Norwell Knights, who joined us for, for the break. This time next week, 
We will be at Wayne High School for the first day of the SAC Holiday Tournament. It kicks off bright and early the day after Christmas, 9 a.m., six games on Friday, or excuse me, six games on Thursday, six games on Friday, semifinals and championship coming up on Saturday. You can hear all the action right here, ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM, one of the teams that uh, everybody will be keeping an eye on in that very tournament, uh, but also have some business to attend to before they think about the post-Christmas SAC Holiday Tournament is the Carroll Chargers head coach Marty Beasley who joins us right now coach how are you I'm doing pretty good how are things you guys are off to a 4-0 start so I know you are a guy that uh, will never say their their team is perfect in their play but uh, really encouraged with how you guys have come out uh, on the, you know the first four games we don't have coach there he is Yeah, you there, Coach? Can you hear me? Yep, you're you're on. You're good. Okay, um, I just think that our guys have settled into the expectations a little bit that they have for themselves and our program a little bit. We've got great leadership, and everybody's doing and fun to watch them. I would think with most teams, we look at, okay, they lose David Ezra, Dan McKeem, and they're going to take a step back. But we know how Carroll operates. You guys are so pleasant to be able to find the scoring that you guys needed with those two guys gone. Well, I think that, you know, last year we had we had to utilize David and Dan. They were very uh, important to us. Their talents are really good. And so we, we leaned on them a lot to score. And then, you know, once they were gone, we worked all all offseason on just trying to get everybody else, uh, seeing what their strengths are and what they can do and try to, you know, make a game plan in terms of a system that they could, uh, you know, be successful in. And, and right now our guys did a great job in skill work this summer and in the offseason, and they're pretty confident in what they're doing. Your top five scores are underclassmen. Let's first talk about that talented junior class and guys like Richie Gross and Sam Stryker and Ryan Preston that have stepped up for you. It's an ultra-talented group, and they've been able to fill in a variety of roles for you. Well, Richie's actually a senior. Well, my apologies so, so, then. So Rich, Richie's a senior, but, but uh, Jalen, Sam, Ryan, and, and Cody, those guys are, are juniors. Yeah, oh, Jalen's a sophomore, actually. So. Yeah, I mean, we, we're just big, big into, you know, next man up. You know, uh, um, those guys have, have done a great job of, of learning from the guys above them and, and stepping into their roles, and, and they all bring a different aspect of the game. But, um, you know, they, 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 they get along. They're very cohesive. Um, and I, I think that we got some guys who can really guard, and that's kind of, that's kind of the propelling us right now. And that's the thing that you focus on, you know, as much as offense is important, that defense has to be there. And you're averaging under 40, giving up average under 40 points per game. That's a key for you guys all the time. And it seems like this group really has grasped and embraced that role on the floor. Most definitely. They, they, they uh, you know, we got that are pretty physically strong. Um, they've got in the weight room, and the, today's game is about getting in the weight room and getting your body, you know, bigger and stronger to play at the level we need to play at, and that helps them at both ends of the floor, but I think defensively more so. Um, so, you know, Richie, Richie, Ray, and Ryan, and Jalen, and Sam, they're all pretty physical guys, and they've done a great job of just getting out and guarding their man and being a great help side and making it difficult for people to perform. One of the best players you guys have been able to put on the floor thus far, Jalen Jackson. He's a sophomore. He's averaging over 18 points a game. For people that haven't seen him play, how would you describe his game? Uh, Jalen's a very skilled guard. Um, you know, he, he's strong. He's powerful. Uh, he's very uh, deceptively quick. 
he changes speeds really well. Um, you know, he, he's doing a great job of running the point for us, taking care of the basketball, uh, and he, he finds his way to the free throw line. I mean, he gets to the free throw line, uh, you know, about eight times a game right now. So uh, as a point guard, the ball's in your hand. You know, you get to the line, you make those free throws, they're going to make you pay. So he's doing a great job. Uh, the thing that Jalen's really improved the most is his defense. I mean, you know, he was great defender last year on JV whatsoever, and he's his credit, he's worked his tail off to become a better defender. And he's, you know, learning the leadership from the point that drives that great chance out. So it's really good for him. Coach, it's the first year of a new format in terms of seeding the SAC Holiday Tournament with Sagarin ratings this year. A lot of people thought if we voted as of right now, Carroll would be the number one seed. Instead, we have Wayne as the number one. Any opinion, positive or negative, on the new format? Oh, I love the Sagarins. I wish the state would go to the Sagarins for a sectional. I mean, I think the seeding is, you know, it's going to be fair. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a computer doing it. And the computer says it, it's, it's going to the computer puts you at based on your strength of schedule and your, your wins and so forth. I think it's a fair format, so I'm all for it. You know, and I, I really could care less what number they give us. We got to play, so we're four seed. That's good enough. Let's go play. Coach, you guys got back-to-backs coming up tomorrow and Saturday. You get uh, Wayne at home. Of course, we saw what Wayne did to Snyder last Friday, and then you go to the Castle on Saturday to take on an undefeated Norwell team. Uh, I know you know you want to win both games, but you know you play these back-to-backs in December to get ready for potential back-to-back in March. So what do you want to see out of your group on Friday and Saturday? Well, Friday, I, I hope that we can somehow be competitive with Wayne. I think they're very good. They're very quick. I watched them play last night. I think New Haven's really, really good. They have just bumped us in our, our scrimmage. So um, I'm, I'm really worried about Wayne because they took him to the wire last night and had a chance to win it and just didn't go their way. But they're very quick. They got some really good shooters. Um, you know, Miles is really good. I mean, really good driver and so forth. I'm, I'm really worried about just matching up with those guys and actually just hopefully we can get some shots off because their quickness is so good. Um, but, you know, we, we'll, we'll figure out we'll, it be a good gauge for us, too, on that game. But that's a big game for them, big game for us. I mean, we're going to go 2-0 in the conference, so leading up to the tournament. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch up to you, I'm sure, next week at the SAC Holiday Tournament. Great. Thank you so much. Enjoy your night. You too, Coach. Coach Marty Beasley watching some uh, middle school basketball, some of his future Chargers. He's checking out this evening, if you heard some of the gameplay in the background. But uh, Coach Beasley's team 4-0 and on the season. They knocked off Heritage uh, last or, uh, on Tuesday, two nights ago, 60-27. to They're now 4-0. and They take on Wayne on Friday. They're at Norwell on Saturday. And I know a lot of people are going to circle that Saturday game and say, wow, it could be a potential 5-0 and against 5-0. and And we just heard from both coaches. And basically, Saturday means next to nothing compared to Friday. All the preparation goes into Friday. It's the conference game. So Carroll has Wayne and Norwell has DeKalb. That's the game they want to win. Obviously, they want to win on Saturday, too, but they need that conference victory. It's basically like a walkthrough and maybe some some limited scouting is what you're going to focus on for Saturday. And maybe some coaches just treat it as you're just going to go in there and just play your game, right? So as much as we want to say, man, you know, everybody go out to the castle, watch that game on Saturday. The coaches are going to be like, no, 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 the big game for us is on Friday. So I am as guilty as anyone getting excited for some of these non-conference matchups on Saturdays that some of our teams here locally play. But until we get into the postseason, 
those games really aren't priorities for these teams. They're scheduled to get these teams ready to play in the postseason. They want to have them see either you know tough opponents or get some confidence, however a coach approaches it. But, man, those Saturday games out of conference, yeah, you want to win them, but those Friday nights are the most important. So we'll see if uh, Carroll can go to 2-0 in the SAC when they take on Wayne tomorrow night, 745-ish. Uh, depending on the girls' game before then. Uh, of course, it's a girls-boys doubleheader. Of course, tomorrow night, right here on ESPN Radio, 1380, 100.9 FM, you can listen to the girls-boys' doubleheader at Northrop. It'll be Southside and Northrop. Girls to be followed by the boys. Coverage will start about 5.55-ish, fresh off uh, the sports rush. As soon as they sign on or sign off, uh, the basketball coverage will begin. So tune in for that tomorrow evening. We're going to step at, step out, come back for the final time. Here are the ESPN High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a battle for the NFC's crown as two bitter foes collide in Philadelphia. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, myself for all the action as the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles square off for the division. Can Dak Prescott and the Cowboys find a way to get it done on the road against Carson Wentz and the Eagles? It's the Cowboys and the Eagles. If it's the NFL, it's right here. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. A healthy birth is the dream of every parent. But for hundreds of thousands of families with a baby born too soon, the reality is their baby's first home is the newborn intensive care unit. It's the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. This is a crisis that knows no boundaries. 15 million babies are born prematurely worldwide. Nearly 1 million will die before their first birthday. Do something today. Help the March of Dimes provide education and support to families and fund life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow. My name is Andrea Delzell, and I've been using a wheelchair since I was five years old. If I had one message for the general public, it would be relax. Some folks get really flustered around disabled people, so they just pretend we're not there. I've actually had waiters talk to my companion and completely ignore me. People with disabilities just want the same respect and consideration as everyone else. This is a message from United Spinal Association. Download our disability etiquette booklet at unitedspinal.org. Your sports for Fort Wayne, Northern Indiana, Indy, and more. The Pat McAfee Show, weekday starting at 2, right up to the sports rush at 4. Listen now on the new ESPN Fort Wayne app and on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kinney on Fort Wayne Sports Station. ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back for the final time here in 2019 to the ESPN High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny, D.C. Hendricks producing here for just a couple more seconds here as uh, thank you to Marty Beasley, head coach of the Carroll Chargers, joined us for, before the break to talk about his team's uh, 4-0 start. They got a big uh, doubleheader coming up in terms of back-to-back games against Wayne on Friday, Norwell on Saturday. Also talked to Coach McBride, Norwell Knights, Dan Vance as well. As we've been saying throughout the show uh if you uh, have those holiday hangovers the day after christmas and into the weekend next weekend there'll be plenty of basketball to listen to right here on espn radio 1380 100.9 fm complete coverage of the sac holiday tournament from wayne high school will begin bright and early on no on December 26th, next Thursday, 9 a.m., uh, we'll start the first game of six on that day. Six more coming up on Friday. Semifinals and finals will come up on Saturday. So a three-day festival of hoops out at Wayne High School. If you can't make it out, make sure to tune in here, ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM. D.C. Hendricks counting down the days until he can take a long uh, break, a much-needed break. We're both pretty pretty tired, aren't we? We're just uh, trying to make it through the day here. It's getting late. We're just getting old. Oh, we are. And when it gets dark at 5.30, I mean, it's, you know, it's yeah. not even 7 yet. I'm ready for bed. Yeah, it doesn't, that does not help. No. It's pitch black out our window. <laughs> it absolutely is. All right. We got, uh, I'd say we got to go some shopping, but we talked at the start of the show. We didn't have to worry about that. So uh, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, again, we're out next Thursday. We may do a show on January 2nd. We'll see and recap all the holiday uh, hoop action. But uh, that's going to do it for us for uh, DC Hendricks. I'm Justin Kenny. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. This has been the ESPN High School Coaches Show, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.